Good morning, family. Oh, it's awesome to be with you. And like Howie said, we just love your family here. And we just um, get so much joy from being with you. And, uh, and yes, today we just want to celebrate and, and our honor just goes to every single woman in this house. You are amazing. And um, we just know that you are so valuable. You are so... Um, you're, you're powerful with Christ living within you. you have pow- you're powerful. You're created for such a time as this. And um, in, in particular today when we um, honor motherhood, um, we just wanna, I just want to honor particularly, well, just all the mums in the house. I think of the solo mums. I just want to honor you so much. You're amazing. You just, you've taken up the challenge to be able to look after your children alone. And, um, and that's not an easy job. You're taking two roles at the same time. And we just, we just want to say, say um, thank you and honor you and cheer you on. And we, um, yeah, and we just honor every mum that's got a family in here. We just say, we just, um, the, the role you've taken to, to treasure, to cherish, to build your families is outstanding. And I think of the mums, the mums with a, um, the, the women that have got motherhood in their heart, but haven't been able to have children yet. And I just honor the motherhood that's in your heart. Because that is huge, that you're carrying that inside your spirit. And it's in the broken place of being able to love children and want children, but you just love other people's children and love on them. That is huge. And we just honor you with your motherhood heart. And so we just love and honor every single woman that's in this house. And... Um, and uh, I want to, I just want, I actually, I believed in my heart, and it's part of, um, I just longed, it's the one career, when people ask me what I want to do when I, when I was um, little, I want to be a mother. It was my career choice. <laughs> because I believe, I believe it's the most important job on the planet. Because I believe that you are raising eternal beings. It's not, it's, not, it's not just something to be sneezed at. It is a little life that has been created in the image of God to be able to fashion, to build, to treasure, to love, and to raise. And I just feel it's the most important job on the planet alongside um, your darling. Or, and for the women that haven't got a, a man beside them, a, a husband, the Lord promises he's going to be your husband. And he is, I've heard mums that have really said that they, I've got one mum at, um, and Murewa that says, um, God's just like my husband. She, she needs something to be fixed. And then she prays to God, and then God sends a man around to fix that problem. <laughs> so you've got, amazing, you've got an amazing husband there. And, um, and so, uh, and, and I, um, I just also, I believe also it's a, it's a found, we, we have an amazing job of being able to raise the foundation of the nation too. Because I believe that in, ma- in raising children, Investing time into them, fashioning them, finding their strengths, building their gifts, um, uh, adding, adding um, the wisdom into their lives, adds strength into our family. Then as a community and a, and a, a neighborhood, we add that into the neighborhood. We have a, fa- a neighborhood of safety and of honor and of love. If we do that into, our, into Kirikiri, Kirikiri, we've got that into, into the whole of Kirikiri. If we do that into the, into the region, it, it increases. If we do that into the nation, we have a nation of children that grow up in unconditional love and wisdom and in life and in skills and in management and being able to honor and, 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 and respect those around them. I just, feel, I just know it's just the most amazing job on the planet. <laughs> We're great influences of the future. And, um, 
And so I honor you and love you and I honor every single effort and every single thing that you do with your children is highly valuable. It's seen by the Lord. And one of my foundation scriptures um, that the Lord's given me was um, a wise woman builds her house. It's in Proverbs 14, um, verse 1. A wise woman builds her house, and the foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. And that's challenged me um, about my um, day-to-day choices behind closed walls, what I do. And, um, and so I believe that, um, and I know, and you know too, that God is very interested in families. He loves our homes. He loves presencing us, and he loves um, presencing our children. He loves presencing our home, and he just, he, he's very much of a family God. He wants, he's in the center of it with us, and he's um, in the everyday things. Jesus loved children. Actually, the Bible starts in honoring women. Two women are the two women of, the, of that start the Bible off who, have, who get um, presence with God, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And Mary and Elizabeth, it says that Mary it was um, that the Holy Spirit came upon her, and she conceived Jesus. And it says about Elizabeth that the Holy Spirit filled her, and then she prophesied, and then the baby within her, the Holy Spirit filled John, and then and then um, when left within her her womb, when she saw Jesus, um, Mary with baby Jesus in the womb. So the whole New Testament starts with two mothers being filled with God and filled with the Holy Spirit. So motherhood is very important in the New Testament. It starts with two mothers. <laughs> and um, and uh, I was... Um, I just, I just, in, in building our homes, on Jesus also felt children were so important. When others were thinking kids aren't important, Jesus said, he growled them off and ta- told them off and said, no, bring them to me. I want to put, I want to lay my hands on them. I want to sit them on my knee. I want to bless them and love them because the kingdom of, kingdom of God is such as this. And so children are very highly valued in the Lord's heart. And so um, when, we're, when we're in home, when we're building our families, I thought with that foundation, that was a foundation verse to me, was um, Proverbs 14, verse 1. A wise woman builds her house, and a foolish woman tears it down um, with her own hands. And so the Lord was, well, I was asking the Lord, is my foundation verse in, one, in, in my family, and I was asking the Lord, how do I build? I want to be a wise woman. And, um, and so the, the thing, some of the things that I feel have been real critical and, and very important to build into our family, I'm just going to touch three of them today, but one of them is, is to be able to teach the children um, and the family to have gratitude. To, I, reckon, I just feel it's so important in the home that we all learn to say thank you to each other. And we're looking at the good things that each other are doing, and in, in doing that, we're really honoring we're honoring dad when he does something, when he's um, doing all the firewood for the house and getting it warm. You know, we're thanking him for the firewood. We're thanking um, uh, um, a, a sister if she's, doing, if she's doing some baking. You know, we're thanking mum if she's cooked a dinner. And it just puts such a, a, a sense of value to each person in the family. And it's such an important and really vital thing. And I heard that when my children, I was so grateful because I heard that um, from someone that told, um, talked about that when our children were really little. So I made a conscious choice to really teach the children to be grateful and thankful. And, 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 and actually, um, 
keep teaching them to, to be able to look, look at the other person and thank them for the thing. And then to be able to write cards of gratitude and thankfulness to somebody or to give a gift of thank you when a grandma has done something kind, you know, to, to, to make some baking for her and to thank her. And it was, I'm just so grateful that I had that, um, that knowledge given to me um, when our children were little to be able to build that in the home because it, it makes it a really happy home when you, when you, ch- when you see each other's value and you honor it and thank each other. And um, so that was a building thing that the Lord taught me. And another building thing he taught me was to be able to teach the children how to reconcile. When there's conflicts which happen all the time, and it's, it's just part of life, but in this be able to teach the children how to be able to reconcile together and so that there becomes harmony again and there becomes peace in the home again. And they don't know how to do it. You know, it's like a building thing is that you're actually developing that and teaching them. And so you're getting alongside them. You're, you're, you're being down at this level and you're saying, you're teaching them and, and, um, and being able to look at the other person's point of view and be able to hear, hear each other and be able to um, see what the other person is trying to say. And then being able to, um, when there's been a, a problem and then there's been a, it's all gone flared up. And then being able to teach them um, and speak to them again and be able to go back at this level again and say, now, that what, what do we need to do to be able to repair this, you know, and how can we be kind to the other person? Do we need to say sorry and to ask forgiveness? And, and then once we've asked forgiveness, what could we do that's something nice to be able to, to be able to also add to that forgiveness? Should we go and do something nice? Should we go and make a milkshake for him, her or him? And or should we go and do something kind? Should we go and, and do some baking and, and give it to each other, you know? And so you're, you're building reconciliation into the family so there becomes a harmony and a peace. And it... And I, I, I know for a fact that if you can really build gratefulness and, and, um, and reconciliation, there becomes a real, there becomes a, a home becomes peace. It becomes a real pace of peace. And it doesn't mean that there's not fights and problems, but it means that we, we learn how to be able to get above them and to be able to bring a peaceful atmosphere again. And again, and it comes, and again, and again, and again. <laughs> and it's not just a one-time thing. It's, a, it's an over and over. But it, but it adds. And I, I've, um, I've seen the home. Our home has become, you know, um, it's become a real place, a haven, a peaceful home, a fun place, you know. And, um, and it's not always fun, but it is being able to see this is it. And I believe that, that, um, that mistakes are not a problem um, that's, uh, I believe it's a good thing because it's a teaching moment that we can b- build into, you know? And, um, and it's a, I always see them as a teaching moment and not to be afraid of them, but to be able to, to, to then know how can I build um, wisdom into this so the children can learn wisdom out of this moment. And, um, and so they, become, they can become, and, and, and to be able to have, um, grow, to grow in the ways of the Lord. And because God is an everyday God, God is, God is in the boring, God is in the housework, God is in the car when you're taking kids to school, God's in the, in the, in the sports field when you're cheering your kids on, God's, God's in the, 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 the noisy quiet times when you're trying to have a peaceful quiet time and yet your children are there, God is still there, you know, he's in the everything with you. And, um, and, and, I, and, and I, I believe also, I just, I find it, I just, just to enjoy Jesus yourself, <laughs> It's another thing to build into your home is that you enjoy Jesus in his presence. And, um, and it's like as you enjoy him and you sing to him and then you t- 
sing songs with the children and you love the, the Bible and you read the Bible to the children and then you um, love a verse of the scripture and it's a rema to you and you talk about it to the children. I write them in the toilet and I write them above the sink, my scriptures, you know. And, um, and then, and then you, when you have a miracle and you prayed about something and the kids have, like, like I've got um, my little miracle book that as the children were little, that God answered prayers and stories as my miracle book to remind us to talk about later on about God doing miracles or God doing stuff for us as a family. And, um, and, and so when the kids, like, like one of the stories is that Sarah lost her lock and key, you know, and, um, and so, we, so we sat down, we just said, well, why don't we ask Jesus where it is? So we prayed together, and then very soon Jesus showed her where it was, you know, so that's a miracle that's in the book that Sarah knows that Jesus answered her prayer, you know? And then, um, and Johnny, one of, the, one of the miracles is that Johnny thought church was very, very boring because there was no Sunday school teacher. We, we passed the church down in Moirua. Um, and so he, he thought that, that church was really boring because there was no Sunday school teacher. And so we said, why don't, I said to him, why don't we pray about it and ask Jesus for a Sunday school teacher? And so we prayed together and asked Jesus to be able to provide that need for him and the other children. And then very soon, um, a lady rang up and said, I'm just feeling like Holy Spirit's putting children on my heart to do, start doing Sunday school. And, um, and, so, and then the Lord just raised up three other teachers. And so it's like do, the, 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 the difficulties are a moment. The boring, the hard, the, the, the uncomfortable difficulties are a moment for Jesus to be with you in that moment, you know? And... Um, and there's, a, there's ones that, like I've got one in here about, um, we had a time when our allowance was um, stopped in the life of the church. And so I was finding it really hard not having money, and I was asking Jesus for more food. And then um, within that week, um, somebody had given us potatoes and sugar and flour. Another person gave us carrots and onions and um, potatoes and, oh, and onions and cabbage. And so it's like, it's like in the moments when, when it's in the real things. Jesus is in the real things in your family, you know? And, um, and it's him being in, the, in, in, in life with you. And then I was thinking about, um, you know, um, what was my, I, I had one other thing I was thinking about. I was just going to tell you, you just some, uh, a blooper as well, you know, just, so, just some things that happen in, in life. Um, I'll, just, I'll tell you about the one. Oh, well, one of the ones I was doing, doing ministry, um, I was at a, a, a woman's meeting one day with my children and, their, and all the mums with their children. And so um, one of the mums were in the lounge and one of the mums said, can you, can you pray for me? And so we we're doing this intercession praying, praying time for this lady and we're, all the mums were around laying hands on this woman and just releasing God into her and her situation, her prophet. Then we hear this big crash, you know, and I go, oh my gosh, what's that? And it was our Johnny um, had gone into the lounge, well, in the lounge there was a glass vase, you know, and, um, and it crashed on the ground and, um, and it, it broke it, you know. And so, but, you know, and it's just like, you, you've got your, your eyes closed, you're doing ministry, and then things happen. But then, from then on, I learned I've got to, got to watch and pray, you know? <laughs> it's like not just doing this. <laughs> and, um, and another one, a guest speaker, we had a guest speaker at church one night, and I had my little children all at the back and trying to get them to sleep. And um, it's at night time. We're in the little main church um, of, the, of Muirua. And, um, and so um, some of the children were asleep, and then partway through the service, um, one of the little boy, one of our little little boys, woke up, went down the 
center aisle where the speaker's up the front there, and he's all groggy, and he's walking down the front, and I'm going, what's, what's this one up to, you know? And then I look, and then turned around up the front, very up the front of the stage, there's a pot plant here. I thought, oh my gosh, he's going to go, he's going to go wheeze in the, <laughs> in the pot plant. <laughs> rescue, 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 you know? And, um, and so... <laughs> And then, um, and then I, I was just reading my book, and I just understand you, woman. You know, I was just reading about quiet times. It was absolutely frustrating, my quiet times, when the little ones were little. I was reading about it this morning and last night. It's so noisy, and the children are having squabbles while I'm just trying to be focused on Jesus, you know, and enjoy the Lord and, have, and, and enjoy the Word. And then there's this argument to, fight, to sort out. And, I, and I, some, from quiet times, I've become away from them, so frustrated. And then I thought, I know. One day I think felt the Lord was just giving me a uh, wisdom with that. And I felt like he said, he just reminded me that he's very present in that moment. And that his presence is with me, with the children. And so I just started to be aware of his presence with me and the children. And I just started to be aware that if this is the need at this moment, I'm going to bring Jesus right into this moment with me to sort this problem out. And so I became very aware that God was with me to bring peace into the children, to bring harmony back into that situation so that they could be able to um, know what to do. And then then we had harmony again. And so... um, uh, and, and, I, and another one about me just being absolutely exhausted with, um, with nighttime, with the three little ones waking up. I have five children and, um, and within the space of eight, seven and a half years. And so it was full on. And, our, and our, we had no church base. And so that was at our house as well. So that was just like, it was just, and I was homeschooling. And um, the, the bigger ones. So it was like, <laughs> and, and I remember times of it just being absolutely full on and being tired and exhausted and, um, and just, just needing sleep. And so I, I honor you, mums. I've been there too. And I just treasure you and thank you and honor you. And it's a thankless job so often, but eternity's going to reveal the power and the magnificence of those behind closed doors, what you were doing every single day. I honor you and, and, and just bless you and thank you for your job that you're doing for your little ones. Awesome, Vicky. Yeah, beautiful. That's the master mum speaking there and uh, been through many, many experiences. And I, today I credit our family, um, the peace, the, the stability in our children, really, to the incredible sacrifice of Vicky in the early years. She was, I, I, there was great laughter in our household yesterday as Vicky was sharing some of the stories of the children and the blooper moments and just the um, challenge moments of raising children and family. And uh, she, was, she said to her eldest daughter, she said, I remember the time I went to the dentist and lay back in the chair and I was that tired, it was like a relief. <laughs> and our daughter said, Mum, that's really sad. The dentist chair is a place of comfort and relief. <laughs> what? You know, and so some of the, the moments of just those child-rearing years and the, uh, the sacrifice of that. So today, I just, we, we really just, because um, it's been, you know, the fo- focus is the theme of the month, we thought that it's so good to focus on mothers today. It is so good. Because the contribution you make to life, to kingdom, to family, to our world, to everything is so phenomenal. 
so amazing. And, uh, you know, you know when, when a woman gets pregnant and conceives, and nine months later she goes into labor, um, someone has cheekily said that's when the labor begins and it doesn't finish till about 21. <laughs> because the work of raising children goes on and on. Um, through, their, um, through those early years, and then the grandchildren come and life goes on as granny. Um, so there's so many areas where we just want to honor you today. Um, you're sleep deprived and worn out, and um, you go on with life with little sleep, sometimes too busy to eat, and you experience painful childbirth, and, you, and, and within sometimes months, you start again and do it all over again. That is incredible. Having been present at childbirth five times, um, and then you do it again. And I thought, wow, this is really amazing. And so the capacity in your life to cook, wash, clean, train, um, be educator, be disciplinarian, do all the things that you do, drive the endless kilometers to shop, to school, to sport, to um, be a source of comfort, lifelong comfort and encouragement to your family. You do more for the future and success of your children in the first five to seven years of their life than any other school teacher, daycare worker, um, professor, um, trainer will ever do to shape the, the fabric and the, and the, um, the beauty of our, our communities. What you do is just amazing. And so, um, and then on top of all that, you, um, a friend of mine told me how he's been at the prison, he does prison ministry, and he said, you do not see hardly any people, the most people visiting prisons are wives, mothers, and grandmothers. And that's phenomenal. Even when your kids uh, make bad choices and go off the rails, you go on loving them and going after them when the fathers have long sort nah, I'm over it. And I think you're just so amazing. And we just so want to honor you today for all the amazing stuff that you bring to life and bring to the kingdom of God. Don't ever underestimate the power of what you do in kingdom building when you simply love your children um, and you put life and love into your, your family. You are doing a phenomenal contribution to building a world that we all want to live in. And so we just so honor you today. And you know, when we go back to the book of Genesis, we find God created Adam, and uh, Adam was alone. And he, God gave him work to do, caring for the Garden of Eden, and also um, then naming all the animals. And as Adam got through the process, he, he, um, he came to the point of he found no one that was like him. Nothing, not all that work and all the things that he did didn't satisfy his heart ultimately. And so the Lord said, it's not good that the man be alone, and he made Eve. And then Adam understood and saw, we saw Eve, the first woman, and the mother of all of us living, um, his heart was satisfied. And so uh, what God had done was he had invested into Adam certain qualities and certain abilities and a, and, and a certain way of viewing life. And that was vital to his plan, but it was not complete until the woman was um, created and came on the scene 
because only through both the man and the woman could God fully express his nature. In, in our mothers, in our women, is 50% of the character and nature and qualities of the Lord. And so you carry by divine purpose and by divine design an incredible contribution to reflecting what he is like. There's qualities in you as women and as mothers and as, um, uh, you know, as, as women that is, cannot be reflected through us men. You are vital to the raising of our children. You are vital to our communities. You're vital to everything in life. And so you're not an accident. You're not an afterthought where God created Adam and then thought, ah, whoops, did I forget something? No, you're an absolute part of his integral design. And he didn't bring you on the scene until Adam realized that by himself he was not complete. And when Eve was created, then, he, he, then the fullness of God could be um, reflected through. So spiritually, you're, you, you carry different dimensions. You carry wonderful things um, that God's invested into, into women, into our mums. You mirror aspects of the God that we cannot. Your soul is different. Your mind, will, and emotions are quite different to us guys, and you do see life differently, you, you think differently, and you feel differently. And, I th and that is so important. I've realized through my years with Vicky, and we've had a wonderful time together, um, learning and growing, and not without its challenges, and as you, because you see life through different lenses. And uh, we've realized along the way how God has just invested different aspects of himself into each of us, into the male and into the female, wonderful, because together we reflect God. And physically, of course, you're quite different um, from us guys, and praise the Lord for that. You're created with a, a, an incredible capacity to bear children and to, uh, yeah, to, to fulfill that role of reproducing. So um, you're um, incredibly different. You're not an afterthought. You're an absolute integral part of his design. So um, mums today in the 21st century, you know, look, we could go to the Bible and find lots of stories about incredible mums and stories of mums through the scripture. And Vicky's um, alluded to some of them. But when we um, think about our present time in history, we look back at those great mums and great Bible stories of both wonderful um, women and amazing mothers. And we realize that in each period and in each generation, um, as a mother, you face a challenge of how to work out your role and to reflect him in the time period in which you live. And it's, it's modeled in the fact, if you look at someone like King David, for example, it says of David that he served God in his generation. And so, but if we were to bring David into his, our generation, he'd probably have to unbuckle his sword and just leave it somewhere, because it wouldn't be too useful to him in our present time in history. But David was a great warrior. But in his time in history, in his place and the purpose of God, that was part of who he was. And so it is with women and motherhood. In each generation, we have to figure out how to do the role and the unique um, gift that God's given us in the context of the generation of which we live. And so as 
wonderful and inspiring as the Bible stories are, you live at a completely different time of history. And so you've got to figure out, we have to figure out as, as families together and you and our women folk as mothers of how to be a mother in the 21st century. Wow, is that a challenge? Because while the core function and purpose of motherhood remains the same, right through Bible history, the way to fulfill your role is constantly adjusting. And so we're called to um, be the, um, the best we can or reflect Him, the Lord, the best we can to our world, to our families um, in the context of our generation. So in the 21st century, mum, you have a dishwasher. Previous generations had a sink. You have a washing machine. My mum had a washing board for the first 11 years of her marriage. You have a microwave so you can cook that food in a jiffy. You can run into the shower and get out, grab that hairdryer and come out looking like a princess in a very short space of time. And then you've got McDonald's. So they told you that all these things would save you time and enable you to have more time with your children. But housing and land got more expensive. Your dollar kept buying less and less. So they said you better go out and get a job. And suddenly, in the context of the 21st century, getting a house may take many, many years of both mum and dad working. And so the challenges you face, despite all the gadgets, despite the fact that we have all these time-saving things, we are, in fact, more busy than ever. And you as a mother keep having to change, adapt to this world in which you live and still deliver all those aspects of who God called and designed you to be. And... It's such a challenging, interesting time of history. Then on top of that, we have sport, the TV, the computer, the internet, cell phones, all these things. And I would say, for many of our mums in the 21st century, it would be really easy to feel a bit overwhelmed. You go and work all day, then you come home and you've got to do dinner, love on the children, the husband, and fulfill an incredible role in the context of what's probably one of the most challenging periods of history, to deliver and give to your family in these times. So feeling a bit overwhelmed in the 21st century, becoming even a little bit, feeling a little bit scared of being a mother or having family. And, and, and some are in that place. And uh, I believe we just need to be recognized how much the love of God wants to pour out in this generation upon our mums to encourage them and to give them the confidence that in this time, it's still a great time to be a mum. Today, um, if you feel a little bit inadequate, then I just want to encourage you this morning that it's both a bit of a negative, but it's also a wonderful positive. And the reason it's a negative is... Um, when you see no way out or forward and give up and become resigned to life just being one constant whirl of busyness and activity and a struggle to survive and keep your head up. And um, 
And that can rob us of the amazing capacity and amazing gift that's in our in your lives as mothers among us to fulfill your amazing role of reflecting him to family and to our world. But on the other hand, it's, an, it's also a blessing. You know, I don't think there's probably a time in history where mums, because of the conditions of their day, didn't feel a bit overwhelmed. And so um, in our time, I think God allows a sense of um, overwhelming um, circumstances at time for all of us because you know what it does? It can point us there to draw the grace that alone we can fulfill the purpose of God. You know, I think as a father, in, you know, when you get married and start a family and you have children, you know, often you've had no warning. You've had no pre-training. You've had no preparation except what life gave you growing up yourself. And so you learn on the job. And so um, as fathers and as mothers, we're, con- we're depending on God for His grace to enable us and empower us in the, in the season in which we live to fulfill the purpose for us and our generation. And I want to say to you this morning, mums, if you feel a little overwhelmed, join the club. So do us fathers. And only by His grace and by the encouragement of our friends and brothers and sisters around us and by drawing on the life of Christ within us, can we be the dads we're meant to be? And only can we be anything that, we meant, that God wants us to be by His grace. I realize this, that life is overwhelming. And we do feel inadequate, but we have the most amazing God indwelling us. And so when we turn our focus inward to and upward, then we are able to continue and find life in the midst of the challenges. So there's no call or no responsibility or ministry that could ever be accomplished in our own strength. The pastor can't pastor without the grace of God. The person in the workplace often can't do his job without the grace and wisdom of God upon him. You know, it doesn't matter what role you choose or or are called to in life. Everything in the kingdom depends on Him enabling us. And so, if you feel a little overwhelmed this morning as mob, join the club. We all are overwhelmed without Him. And so, I want to tell you, there is grace for this hour. God knew about the 21st century. He knew about the busyness and the demands that were going to come on your life as a mum in this hour, and he has grace abundant. And you know what? When that grace abundant is drawn into your life and flows out through you, and you're this mum with little toddlers and busyness and life and work and husband and family and sport, and the list is so long. But when the life of Christ flows out through you in that situation, the world sees he lives. And he's enabling in this hour. And so mum... It's a more, perhaps a more challenging than ever, but there's a grace anointing. There's an empowerment for you. And this morning, he is the grace that you need for this hour to do what you do and what God called and gifted you to do so amazingly. He's your love when there is none left in the tank. He's your wisdom when you don't know what to do. He's your patience when 
your little child just will not toilet train. He's your grace when your kitchen and your house and your bedrooms look like a disaster zone and you're fixing it for the 10,000th time. He's your grace. He's your provision when it seems impossible. And uh, this morning, I just want to, um, as we just conclude, God's grace enablement can enable you in this hour, empowering and gracing you to be the most amazing mum. I've watched Vicky draw constantly by the pressure of life, pushed into God and drawing his grace and being able to continue. And God can multiply grace and effectiveness to you in this hour. And so as we conclude this morning and our musicians come, um, I, what I wanted us to do is I want all our women here in the house, mum or not yet mum, mum, woman, female, made with the capacity to be one, life may or may not have given you that opportunity. But I love us just to, all of us, just to lay hands and pray for our mums and impart blessing and grace and encouragement and love into the lives of all of our beautiful, amazing mums. So let's, uh, let's thank you, Harmony, as we just begin to sing. Why don't we just all stand and, um, and just put your hand, lay your hand on the shoulder of a mum or a, la a woman next to you. Move around if you need to, and uh, let's really bless our mums this morning as we sing and just pour out love upon them. They are an incredible gift to us, and uh, they are so vital. When mums are strong, our communities are strong, our families are strong, our churches are strong, our world is blessed by mums, and uh, you're incredibly unique. Thank you. Thanks, Harmony.